Welcome to this podcast from Wilkesboro Baptist Church, where we are on a mission to lead our neighbors and the nations to follow Jesus. Hey folks, uh, it is good to be here today, and it took quite a small army to make something like this uh, happen. If you look around, you're going to see a lot of people with usher tags. They've been here. A lot of them were here yesterday. Uh, a lot of them were early this morning. Our staff was here pulling this stuff together. So if you see one of those people with an usher tag, see one of our staff members, tell them thank you for helping make something like this take place. Our praise team and our choir who uh, led us in worship this morning, they weren't just here today. Today's a beautiful day, a little bit chilly with the wind, but it's beautiful and sunshiny. Yesterday was not like that. And they were out here in the elements and in the rain, uh, working hard, getting ready to lead us in worship. So we're very grateful for them. So all together, would you just give a round of applause for all those volunteers, team members who helped pull today off? And ultimately, we're here not for one another and not for the sunshine and not for the beauty of the day, but we're here for a risen Savior, someone who's no longer dead. He's alive. See, Jesus came to be our Savior. That's what this week means in Christian history. Jesus died on a cross and rose from the dead. Heard a story about a gentleman who came up to a minister after a worship service, and he looked at him and he said, you know, I don't think I need to believe in the death of Jesus in order to be saved. I just need to follow the example of Jesus. The minister looked at the man, looked at him honestly, and he said, okay, that's what you think? You need to follow the example of Jesus? And the man said, yes, if I follow the example of Jesus, I will be just fine and I will wind up in heaven. The minister said, that's okay. If that's going to be the pattern in which you try to become a Christ follower, that's fine. The Bible tells us exactly what that looks like. It says this about Jesus. Jesus did no sin, nor was any guile in his mouth. So I assume you start there, the minister said to the young man. I assume that is settled in your life. And the man looked at, uh, looked at the minister a little bit embarrassed, and he said, well, not entirely. There have been times in my life where I sinned, and there have been times in my life where I've spoken ill words or wrong words. And the minister looked at him very clearly, but very lovingly, and said, young man, you don't need an example. You need a Savior. Jesus didn't come to just show us how to be nice people and good people. He came to show us how we can be forgiven, but only through what he did on the cross. The text I've chosen for today comes from the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. It's one verse at our church we've been studying through the book of Hebrews. Uh, Hebrews 13, 8 says this, Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Jesus is the same. He is Savior. He is the one who gave his life so that we could be forgiven. Jesus saved in the past. Jesus saves in the present. And Jesus will save forever in the future. That's what the Bible tells us about Jesus. That, that affirmation tells us that Jesus is unchangeable. He is faithful. It tells us that he is divine, that he is someone that can be counted on. Jesus saved in the past. And you've heard some of those stories of how Jesus saved in the past. Jesus saved from sickness and he saved from Satan. He saved from storms and he even saved from sin. On one occasion, he saved from storms. And I know some of you may have some things in your life that are troubling. I know this week as we were looking at the weather, 
we were wondering whether or not we were going to be able to gather outside because of the rain forecast. Well, I, I think God orchestrated and worked so that we could gather. In the New Testament, there's a story about Jesus and his disciples on a boat, and they were concerned. They were frightened. These were fishermen. They'd been on boats, many of them, their entire lives. Storm was so bad, they thought they were going to die, so they went down to the bottom of the boat to find Jesus. Do you remember what Jesus was doing? He was sleeping. He wasn't worried about what was going on. They woke him up and they said, Lord, don't you care that we die? And uh, Jesus stood up and he said this to them, Oh, you of little faith. And then he said to the storm, Peace be still. Jesus saves from storms. There are other times where he saved from Satan or our enemy who despises us. On one occasion, this father had come to Jesus with, or come to Jesus' disciples with his son. Sorry, we'll let the truck pass. Uh, come to Jesus' disciples with, with his son who was dealing with oppression from the enemy. And, and nobody could cast the demon out. Nobody could heal the son until Jesus showed up. And, and this man came to Jesus and he said, Jesus, if you can heal my son, will you? Jesus looked at him and he said, if you can, all things are possible to anyone who would believe. And Jesus cast out that demon from that man's son. There's another occasion where Jesus saved from sickness. And I know so many of us in our congregation have dealt with ongoing sicknesses and illnesses. Some of us are dealing with chronic illnesses. Some of us diseases or cancer diagnosis, some heart disease and things that we carry with us. I just want to remind you, Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He saved from sickness in the past. He can save from sickness today. In the past, there's this story of Jesus being invited to go minister to a young girl, Jairus' daughter, who was sick and ill. And he was on his way to do that until a woman who was dealing with a, a chronic illness, an issue of blood that she had spent all her money to try to have doctors heal her from. This woman came up to Jesus, and knowing that he was someone different, she touched the hem of his garment. And Jesus said, there's power that's going out from me. Who touched me? And he looked at the woman after she admitted that it was her, he said, daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go and be healed. And then Jesus went on to raise Jairus' daughter. Jesus saves from storms. He saved from Satan. He saved from sickness. But the reason Jesus came isn't to do all those good things. He did those things. He did those things to show his greatness and his glory. But Jesus came for a specific purpose. Luke 19, verse 10, Jesus said, The Son of Man has come to seek and to save those who are lost. Lost how? Lost in sin. Uh, lost in separation from God. On one occasion, Jesus was walking to a different village and a man by the name of Zacchaeus, a tax collector, a sinner, someone who had cheated many people out of much money. He just wanted to see Jesus. He knew there was something different about Jesus being a short fella. He uh, climbed up in a sycamore tree. And, and you know the song, he looked to see Jesus. Jesus looked up and saw Zacchaeus in the tree and he said, Zacchaeus, I'm going to come to your house today. How many of you would love it if somebody just walked up to you at the end of our service today and invited themselves over for lunch? Some of you have enough where that would be just fine. And some of you haven't made a thing. And you'd be like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Well, Jesus invited himself to Zacchaeus' house. And when, Zacchaeus, when he got there, Zacchaeus confessed his sin, repented of his unrighteousness, believed in Jesus, and promised to give back what he had taken. And Jesus made this statement to Zacchaeus. 
Today, Zacchaeus, salvation has come to your house. It's come because there's someone who came who came to deal with Zacchaeus's sin. They, of course, pastor, I know those stories. I've heard those stories before. Of course, Jesus saved in the past. Of course, he did those things in the New Testament. Of course, that happened so many years ago. Does Jesus still save in the present? Folks, I believe he absolutely saves in the present. And I believe what we're doing today, celebrating a risen Savior, is the reason why. See, Jesus didn't just come to be a miracle worker and a healer. He came to be suspended in between heaven and earth on a cruel cross, paying for the sins of the world. And then to be put in a grave, and then ultimately to be resurrected from that grave. And if Jesus, if Jesus is exactly who he says he is and did what he said he did, dying on the cross and rising from the grave, then he can still save in this moment, in this situation. He can save from sickness. He can save from Satan. He can save from storms. And thankfully, he can still save from sin if he rose from the grave. Say, Pastor, I'm not sure that I can handle the fact that you're telling me that Jesus rose from the grave. I'm not sure about that miracle. But there are lots of good reasons to believe that the resurrection actually took place. Uh, One of the reasons is the testimony of the apostles. These guys had followed Jesus for three years of their lives. But after Jesus' death, they were up in in an upper room afraid. They thought they were going to be next. But then they met Jesus. Jesus showed up. He talked with them. He ate with them. They touched him. They visited with him. He was among his disciples. And something happened to those men. They went on to become some of the greatest communicators of the gospel story that anybody has ever seen. Eleven of the twelve would die a martyr's death believing one thing, that Jesus had risen from the dead. Now, you may be here today and you may be a skeptic and not sure whether or not you believe that Jesus died on the cross, but I assure you the disciples, the apostles who went on to preach the gospel story believed wholeheartedly that Jesus died on the cross. Not only the testimony of the the apostles as a reason for believing the resurrection, consider this, consider Christians who worship today on Sunday. Say, what does that have to do with anything? That's been our tradition Ever since I was a kid, we worshiped on what day? We worship on Sunday. But did you realize that the Jewish people for more than a thousand years had worshiped on Saturday? Their day to worship was on Saturday. Jesus was a Jewish man, worshiped according to the Jewish law. He fulfilled the Jewish uh, sacrificial system and law system. And for more than a thousand years, all the Jewish people gathered on Saturday to worship God. But the church doesn't gather on Saturday. We don't gather on Saturday because we don't believe we're abiding by the Jewish religious system. We're abiding by something new and different. That's the whole point of the book of Hebrews as we've been studying it. Jesus came to fulfill the sacrificial system. The reason we worship on Sunday is because Jesus rose on the first day of the week. You may be a skeptic. You may not be sure about the resurrection for those reasons. But here's one more reason for you to consider the resurrection. There are many others, but here's one more. Consider the fact that people's lives have changed for 2,000 years. We're here in Wilkesboro, North Carolina. And you may not, may not be convinced about the story of the gospel, but I can assure you as you look around and see about 600 or so other folks, there are a lot of us here that are absolutely convinced about the story of Jesus. We're here 
Not because we like being cold outside. Not because we like pretty days. We're here because Jesus changed us. He changed the Apostle Paul, a man who went from persecuting Christians, murdering Christians, to becoming uh, the writer of half the New Testament and the gospel witness to the Gentiles. Consider changed lives. Folks, Jesus saved in the past. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He saved in the New Testament. He rescued from sin and all sort of things. Let me assure you, he still saves today. 25 years ago, I was a teenager struggling with whether or not I was a genuine believer in God. I grew up in church. I heard all my life the testimony of the gospel. For me, I didn't have any problem believing the facts of the gospel. But I had never understood that it was my sin that put Jesus on the cross. And for a period of about six years as a teenager, I struggled with whether or not I was a follower of Christ. I worried and I fretted and I doubted and I feared until I went to camp one year. And at that camp, I came to a living relationship, a living knowledge of the Savior who is alive. God helped me realize that I was a sinner and I was in need of forgiveness. And I confessed my sins and repented of my sins. And Jesus forgave me and cleansed me and gave me eternal life. And folks, for 25 years, since my 18th birthday, when I became a follower of Jesus, I've not doubted the truths of the gospel. I've not doubted Jesus at all because he changed me. He still saves today. Not just my story, but the story of many, many others. A number of weeks ago, I was talking with a lady in our church uh, in and around one of our women's Bible studies. She got to tell me about a man who had been coming to our church and a man who had been coming to her Sunday school class. His name is Mitch, and he was asking some questions of her after a Sunday school lesson. And I decided I'd reach out to Mitch and I would try to answer his questions about faith and about the gospel. We made an appointment. He came to my office and we talked for about two hours. Mitch is sitting here in our congregation today. He asked me all sorts of questions. Some questions I could answer. Some questions I'm not sure I answered sufficiently. But we talked, we conversed, and I answered questions. And he was struggling about whether or not he was going to become a follower of Jesus. He didn't leave my office a follower of Jesus, but he did come to church. Uh, it might not have been the Sunday after, but the Sunday after that, and I preached. And folks, sometimes I preach to people, and I preached with him in mind, and I was praying that God would do a work in his life. And I was hoping to talk to him that Sunday after church. I didn't get a chance to, but one of our church members, Tim Hutchinson, did. I was talking to him up in the balcony. And Mitch's hang-up wasn't just the question he asked. He thought he had to be perfect before he came to Jesus. And I'm not exactly sure how Tam had communicated to him, but Tam looked at him and he said, Mitch, you don't have to be perfect to come to Jesus. You just need to come to Jesus as you are and he'll forgive you and he'll accept you and he'll save you. And in that moment, standing up in our balcony at Wilkesboro Baptist Church, talking with one of our deacons, God saved Mitch, changed his life, redeemed him, forgave him. Maybe you're here and you're a little bit like Mitch. Maybe you think you need to be perfect. Maybe you think you need to clean your life up before you come to Jesus. Folks, that's not why Jesus came. Jesus did not come to seek and to save the clean. He didn't come to seek and to save the cleaned up. He came to seek and save the lost. He came to seek and save those who were imperfect. He came for those of us that are not perfect to cleanse us and forgive us. Not, not long after I was talking to Mitch about coming to know Jesus, 
had a chance to have a conversation with Fred and Rob, and they've been visiting our church and, and wanted to know more about our church. And before we present anyone for membership at our church, I have a chance to talk to them about their, their conversion experience. And we sat down at coffee one day, and I asked them about when they came to know Jesus. And Robin gave me her story, told me how she came to know Jesus as a teenager but had never been baptized. Uh, and then Mitch looked at me and he said, I'm not sure that I had that moment when I came to know Jesus. But then he went on to describe his life, his connection to church and hearing of the gospel and all the things that, that had happened in his life. And so after hearing Robin's story, I circled back around to Mitch and we kept talking about that lack of knowing when it was he became a Christ follower. And I asked Mitch, tell me a little bit about what you're doing now, or Fred, a little bit about what you're doing now in, in terms of your, your, your seeking of God. And, and Fred said this, he said, when I pray, I pray to God to ask him to help me be better. Maybe you're a little bit like that today. You're trying to be good enough. You're trying to be better so God will accept you. You're trying, like that gentleman that I spoke about earlier, you're trying to follow the example of Jesus to get into heaven. And I looked at Fred and I said, Fred, we can't work for our salvation because God doesn't accept our good works as, a, as kind of a, an offer or, or an argument for us being saved. We can't work for our salvation. We work from our salvation. We receive salvation as a free gift. It's not something you can earn or deserve. And sitting there at that table, uh, drinking coffee, talking about Jesus, Fred received Jesus as his Lord and Savior. Got the peace that it's not what you do to get saved, it's what Jesus does to save you. Folks, I just want to tell you, Jesus saved in the past. Jesus is saving in the present. There are people right here in our congregation that you need to meet the living Savior. You need to meet someone who will forgive you, someone who will redeem you. Why do we have to have Holy Week? Why, why do we have to celebrate the death of Jesus? Why do we have to celebrate his resurrection? Because, folks, the reality is our sin demands payment. And our sin demands death as payment. Romans 6.23 says the wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Folks, someone is going to die for your sin. Either you're going to die for your sin and separate, be separate from God forever, or you're going to trust that Jesus died for your sin. And because he died for your sin, there can be forgiveness, and there can be eternal life, and there can be eternal salvation. Because Jesus doesn't just save yesterday, and he doesn't just save today, he saves forever. Maybe you're here in our audience and you still have questions. And concerns. You're not entirely sure about Jesus. Folks, let me give you some instructions before we finish up our worship service today. You've got that green sheet, that information sheet. If you're here and you're like Mitch and you've still got some questions about Jesus, about resurrection, about salvation, here's what I'd like you to do. If you'll put your name and cell number on that information page and put down in that prayer request slot, say, I've got some questions. I'd like to know more about Jesus. I'd like to talk to someone. Folks, part of what we do as pastors and church leaders and Christians and witnesses is we tell people about Jesus. We try to answer your questions. We'd love nothing more than to talk to you about the questions you have about faith. Maybe you're here and you know you're not a believer. You know you're lost. You know you need forgiveness and salvation. 
I'd like you to check on that information sheet. I'd like to know more about following Jesus. And at the end, we're going to give you a chance to turn that sheet in. When I give an invitation in just a moment, we're going to make, it, uh, make this decision tent available, this blue tent over here to my left, your right. We've got some folks that are going to be there. They've got some Bibles. They've got some information packets for you. If you would like to trust Jesus to be your Savior today, we'd love to talk to you. Just explain to you that it is as simple as admitting that you're a sinner, believing on the Lord Jesus, and committing your life to following Him. See, when Jesus saved people in the New Testament, He connected their experience of salvation to one thing in their lives. It wasn't their good deeds. It wasn't their behavior. It was simply their faith. What it takes to receive the gift of eternal life is faith. Believing on Jesus alone to be your Savior. That's what I did when I was 18. It's what Mitch did just a couple of weeks ago. It's what Fred did just a couple of weeks ago. And it's what many of you can do today. Believe only on the Lord Jesus. Paul put it this way in Romans chapter 10. He said, for if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Folks, that's what Easter's all about. It's about putting our trust in a Savior who's no longer in a tomb, but a Savior who's in heaven, alive, resurrected, so that we can have eternal life. Because Jesus doesn't just save yesterday. And he doesn't just save today. He saves forever. Every single one of us is going to face death one day. A couple of months ago, one of our dear sweet church members went to the hospital for a procedure. Uh, Miss Betty Pardue, she went down for a procedure. Procedure did not go as they anticipated. And instead of getting better after her procedure, she got sicker. I went down and visited her on a Sunday afternoon with one of our deacons. We talked with her, talked with her family, uh, prayed with her. And uh, as, as I watched her, I knew it, it didn't seem like she was going to have many more days on earth. The next day, the doctors kind of called the family in. And she has a big family, wonderful folks who are part of Wilkesboro Baptist Church. Big family, lots of grandchildren, lots of great-grandchildren. And, and they all came into the hospital that day to spend some last moments with Betty before she passed out of this world. And our Minister of Children and Families, Danielle Hicks, went down to spend some time with the grandchildren and great-grandchildren while the family had some time with Miss Betty. Betty was in those last moments where she was about to breathe her last. And they invited Danielle in, and Danielle was praying with the family and spending time with the family. They were all in that room, uh, and there were tears shed. There was sadness. It was heartbreak, because if you knew Betty... Betty loved Jesus. She had a living relationship with a glorious Savior. And she lived her life to give to other people. She wanted others to know the gospel of Jesus Christ. She absolutely loved spreading the good news of Jesus. And so there were tears of sadness, but there were also, it was also a sense of peace in that room. A sense of peace because Betty knew Jesus. And everybody in that room who knew Betty knew that she knew Jesus. While they were all there in those last moments, Betty's last moments on this earth, the doctor walked in. She walked in and she kind of observed the room. 
She got tears in her eyes as other people got tears in their eyes. And as the doctor walked out after Betty's death and after the family was there, the doctor looked at Danielle and she said this. She said, I've, I've been in a lot of rooms where a lot of people have died, but I've never been in a room like that one. And Danielle, without missing a beat, she looked up at that doctor and she said, well, that's because Jesus was in the room with Betty, with Carlos, and with all that family. Folks, the reason that Betty could pass in peace, the reason that family still has peace, is because Jesus saves forever. And it's our opportunity while on earth to receive the salvation that only Jesus can give. Folks, if you're here today and you're not sure that you have eternal life, if you're here today and you're trying on your own to get to heaven, if you're here today and you've got questions about salvation and life, I would beg you, let today, this Easter Sunday, 2023, be the spiritual marker for your life and for your following of Christ. I'm going to ask you to stand if you would. Our praise team is going to come. They're going to lead us in an invitation hymn. Our decision counselors are going to move to this blue tent. If you're here and you need to follow Jesus, I'm going to ask you to take that green sheet that you've got and just simply walk as our decision counselors come. Walk here to this blue tent and speak to them. I'll be down there. I'll be happy to talk to you. If you're not sure that you want to respond today, and you're not sure you're comfortable responding in front of everybody else, I understand that. Take that decision form, that information form, and make sure to give it to one of the ushers as you leave. It's an opportunity for us to know what's going on in your life. And I promise you, one of us will follow up with you sometime today or sometime next week. I'm going to ask you to put your heads with me as I pray in just a moment and ask the Lord to be at work in our service. Our Father, we come to you this day and we thank you that you sent your son Jesus to do what we couldn't do, to live a perfect life and die on a cross for our sins. Lord God, we thank you that this day Jesus rose from the dead so that we could have life forever. Lord, I pray for the child here. I pray for the teenager. Pray for the adult that needs to meet you as Savior. Lord God, I pray that you would work in their hearts and convict them of their sins and show them their need to trust you as Savior today so they'll have salvation forever. Lord Jesus, I pray that you would remind us as your people to be encouraged to hold on in faith because you're holding on to us because you are the Savior forever. Lord, I pray that you'd be at work in our service now in Christ's name. Thank you for listening to this podcast. Remember to like and subscribe wherever podcasts are found.